Hey guys, a um, couple quick shout outs. Uh, let's see. You know, we've talked about Fair Dinkum Coffee on here before. Right. Unfortunately, they did not make their Kickstarter goal, so they won't be open up a physical shop. You can still find them online. They got great coffee. I think you can also buy their stuff at Yoga Strong in Deer Park. So check them out if you get a chance. A good good cause, nonprofit company. They give everything they make to charity. Uh, you got anything, Gavin? Well, we were trying to verify about that one thing. I was going to uh, give that young man a quick shout out. Uh, don't Go re- for it. So don't recall if we talked about this exact story or if it's another isolated incident. A 12-year-old named Jackson Cody during his online class was harassed by his teacher. Uh, his parents heard about it. And, of course, this, this boy was purely harassed and bullied over having Trump paraphernalia, you know, a, a flag in his uh, bedroom. Well, between the lawyers and angry parents, that teacher wound up having to formally apologize. I was quite surprised that the school actually caved in that fast. Something about lawyers must really upset. Oh yeah, the, well they know the that bureaucracy. They remember yeah. that payout that that one kid got from the oh yeah from CNN. He is so they set don't want for that. life. Uh, also, guys, tune in next week. We are going to have our first official guest that one of us is not romantically linked to. <laughs> uh, I know my wife was on a Oops. few episodes ago for listener questions, but Micah Petrie will be joining us from Petrie's Dish. It's going to be a new online cooking classes, food blog, all that kind of stuff. So check it out when you get a chance, guys. Hopefully he will grace us with some of his wonderful cheesecakes. And with that, we're going to get into it. And we're back, guys. As always, I'm Dustin. And I'm Gavin. There he is. And uh, we are barbarically candid. So we have a few stories to talk about today, Gavin. The first one I want to get into, which is really interesting, you remember Gal Gadot from Wonder Woman? doesn't remember her? And she has apparently been cast as Cleopatra. Which is really cool. I'm... I'm hoping this winds up being a successful film. I, you know, the one thing I have against this, but and of course, you know, there's there's a whole headline that we're about to talk about. The only thing that makes me anxious about this movie is thank you cancel culture and you know the year 2020. This movie is to be shot from more of a feminine point of view, so I'm I don't know if it's going to connect well with men or not. Well, that's what I'm concerned. About. I don't see a problem with a feminine point of view as long as not, as long as it's not one of these new feminist. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm curious about. But, but some people are big mad and why you might ask, is mm. it another political scandal? No, it's not. Did Trump grab somebody else by the kitty cat? No, nope, not that either. People are voicing outrage over the casting of Gal Gadot as Cleopatra in an upcoming movie And a lot of the narrative is the fact that they did not pick an African-American woman to play the part. 
Well, okay, folks, I'm not, I'm not sure where you did your history classes. Cleopatra's lineage, her family, was actually traced back to Macedonia and Greece, not Africa. So okay. casting the Israeli actress is really not as far off as exactly. they would have you believe. I mean, granted, she's not Greece. But, right. but I mean, she's got that sweet that olive, olive skin, skin tone. tone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's. but it, it all comes down to, you know, it seems we can pick out ra- outrage from the ether these days. Doesn't matter what the facts are, right? It just it all comes down to making people feel good. We don't need facts. Oh no, it's all about my feelings. We don't need posted history facts. All we oh, I mean, so I would say if we really wanted to say something about the casting, it would be that they've cast a far too beautiful actress to play Cleopatra. Oh. They've done the digital modeling based on like drawings and skeletal remains and stuff like that. Cleopatra was no great beauty, at at least by today's standards. You mean she was the girl next door who just happened to basically, yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That Sounds like a couple of movies I've seen before. But people are big mad about this, and and it was also why didn't they pick an African American woman? Why does it have to be an African American woman? If you were going that route, why not an African African woman? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because you know, I guess at some point. She wouldn't have been black enough. Right. I mean, I'm just saying, like... (laughs) God, I hate that in America. (laughs) Which is funny. I hear a lot of people say that when you go over to Africa, they actually don't like the African-Americans that come over. Like Their entire attitude is different. Their entire outlook, the way that they... Yeah, everything is... They know you aren't from there. But, you know, at the same time, that... Pretty much is like Hispanic American or you know Mexican American people who were born and raised here, but their families back there and they go out and visit. As soon as they cross the border, they know you're not from here. You're yeah. you're American. You're an import. Yeah, <laughs> made of you know domestic and, and foreign parts. And still. that's really, I mean, we've talked about the separation before. Let's stop calling people Asian American, African American, uh, just American. Yeah, that works for me. Man, it's 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 sad. I saw the Twitter uh, accounts and people who were just flaming this, and they were writing these terrible, angry, bitter letters to the director, producers. To you know, they were, however, you would say, tagging in Twitter, uh, Miss Godot herself. People are vile. Well, and what you've got to realize also, I get that you see these people up on a screen. And a lot of times that kind of takes their humanity away. Mm. These are just people. They get their feelings hurt. She puts on her pants just like everybody else. She jumps off the bed and straight into them. And then after she does, she makes blockbuster movies. Which is pretty cool. But she's still human, folks. You guys should really pay attention to what people have to say and what... what how, How bitter and angry people actually are. And look at them and think, that's your... Opposition. Those are the people who are going to find any reason not to like you either. Well, what's crazy, like with Gal Gadot, she did her, I think it's two years that they have to do in the Israeli Defense Force. Yeah. So she did that. I believe she was also Mrs. Miss Israel. She was in one of the pageants, one hey, of the big God, ones. She could be in all of them for, for, for um, all I care. But, yeah, I mean, she's had she's led a pretty amazing life. Yeah. So. And if you were to walk up to her and talk shit because you think she should be black, she just might be apt to whip your ass. So I mean, she's gone through all that training for Justice League and Wonder Woman, and yeah, so she's legit. She probably whoop some ass. 
And she could probably drive a car better than you. Probably so. Um, On to our next story. Did you know, apparently old Joe Biden is running as a proud Democrat for Senate. Oh, crazy Joe. In recent interviews, we've seen even more evidence of Biden having cognitive problems. The first was when asked why people shouldn't vote for him when 56% of a poll said they're doing better under the Trump administration than they were under Obama, to which he answered, well, if they think that they probably shouldn't, they probably shouldn't. If they think that, they probably shouldn't. Really? I mean, I that's either the most honest thing he's ever said in his life, or <laughs> he it just didn't catch him in time. And, and you know his handlers. Oh, they were, dropped the ball on that. Oh, yeah. You, you know, they were probably staring at him from far away, Kind of like if your kid was trying to do something on the playground and they screwed up and they fell over. And you're just like, oh. But you would think, like, if he was on top of his game, that would have been the perfect opportunity to discuss policy, try to win voters. But no. No, no, no you probably shouldn't vote for him. Okay, also he said in a speech that he was running as a proud Democrat for Senate. Wrong again, Joe. This is the presidential race. He also forgot Mitt Romney's name, who he ran against in 2012, calling him, uh, you know, that the Mormon guy, the senator, the governor. <laughs> this, this is what it's come to, folks. They're not even trying to sway voters. Open your eyes and realize what is going on here. He is a puppet, and if he is elected, he won't be there long. No, no, no. I mean, no. why do you think Pelosi here recently was talking about the 25th Amendment? It's not for Trump. She's laying groundwork in for if Biden's elected. Yeah. And then they can find him unfit, say he's mentally unfit, and move Harris in there. But think about it like this. Uh, Jill Biden was in Houston, what was it, either this week? Yeah, it was earlier this past week. And I can't help but think from a humanitarian point of view. Let's assume that all this actually happens. Surely, Jill Biden has already been coached and talked to about this whole process. This is what we're going to do. But what does she get out of it? Because the last time I heard, I thought she was some kind of doctor. So you would think. Wait, who are we talking about? Jill Biden. His wife? Yeah, the wife. Yeah. So I want to know if this all actually comes out. Surely, somehow, she's getting something out of this because somehow – she has not done her doctor's creed and truly taken better care of her elderly, dementia-ridden husband. Well, of course, but if he gets elected, that's a lifelong paycheck. That's true. She's taking that straight to the bank. I guess she's in it for the money. I mean, she would have had that already as the second lady. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Do you know how much money that they've been worth the last few years? So speaking of that, okay, so, you know, we talked a few episodes ago when we were talking about Trump's taxes, and it was something about um, Biden had paid like $3 million in taxes. Right. Joe, you have been in government for for 47 years. years. Where where are you getting all this money that you would pay $3 million into taxes? Uh, apparently the Ukraine. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when they okay, during the Obama era, yes. The Bidens were worth about $396,000. That was about what they were bringing home. Which is understandable. Yeah. I that mean, that ma- a that doctor position. 
and the, and the vice president yeah. of the greatest country in the whole wide world that is round, not flat. And all of a sudden, post that, thanks to Ukraine and China deals, they're 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 pulling in closer to thirteen million dollars. It's either thirteen or sixteen million dollars, and nobody has questioned this. Everybody has gone up and down through courts trying to find any way to get Trump to toss out his taxes, but no one questioned how the hell are they making this much money? Because it doesn't fit the narrative. That's, Excuse me, I'm just reaching over here to get a coaster. Yeah, buddy. Tonight's drink, by the way, is Shiner Bach. That's right, straight from Shiner, Texas, y'all. You just can't go wrong with a good old box. You really can't. Shiner. Yeah. But uh, no, and I mean, you've seen a lot of stuff in the news now with Hunter, especially yeah. being involved in human trafficking. Uh, there's the new picture of him with a pipe in his mouth, yeah. and that's getting fact-checked a lot because it's not a crack pipe. Right. They said, you can't post this as a crack pipe because it is, in fact, a meth pipe. So, you know. Because <laughs> somehow that makes it better. Don't switch it up. He was just tired. He needed to. He needed to get going. He needed to pick me up. But, I mean, no, apparently they found one of his laptops, and in the emails mm-hmm. of all this illegal shit he was doing with the Ukraine, Daddy was getting a cut. Oh, as if we didn't know that. Why? That's, of course, why Daddy was trying to protect little uh, Hunter at any given time of the day but that's, when this stuff first started to drip out. He, he tried his dementia-ridden best, and it just ain't working. But that's probably also why you've seen Donald Jr. campaigning the hell out yeah. of the campaign for his dad. Yeah, he was. Whereas with, uh, Hunter, you haven't seen anything from him about his dad. No, his handlers were probably. Now, that brings a very good question. Who are the handlers more afraid of right now? Biden's mouth or Hunter's mouth? If I had to guess, because they've got legitimate stuff on Hunter. Get that boy in a locked room. Yeah. And I bet he'll squeal like a pig. Oh, I God, I hope it happens. I I'm 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 he's not, he's not built for federal pound you in the ass prison. It's it's just not <laughs> no. you know he, he does he would, not deserve fit club fed either. He wouldn't he wouldn't fare well. He like you like sucking on that glass dick, huh? Come yeah. on over here. Yeah. Ugh. It's it we as much as we hope that this does happen, yes, we all realize that some Magic hand by probably the Clinton Foundation because they have hands in this too. Or Soros. Or, or Pelosi because she has family that are tied to these Ukraine deals as well. This is so not with, an isolated okay, well, incident. With Pelosi, with Biden, we're pretty sure. Yeah. Pelosi, it's not completely it's hashed not, it's, out yet. Right. So. There's, there's, this is still in the rumor mill. I've seen some videos of people that claim to, to be the whistleblower, you know, things like that. I, lo- I, I love that stuff. That one video you sent me, though, like as much as I was like, yeah, I yeah, want to yeah, believe it. Like, but, uh, but the dude's sitting there in like a Swami costume. and He I'm looked like, like a reject from Lord of the Rings. No, 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 from Harry Potter. And he was supposedly ex-CIA. Maybe he was in a disguise or I don't know. Maybe. It just didn't seem super credible. That was my only, yep. you know. So... um until we find more information out on the whole Ukraine thing, because apparently I saw a clip that the Ukrainian government has said they have now confiscated a laptop from the guy that Hunter was talking to. 
that has even more damning evidence on it. So we'll oh. see. We'll see if that's Hopefully released. We'll get our hands on that and see what comes of that. But until we have more, we're going to kind of get away from this story and go to something a little more lighthearted. Ooh. I mean, I don't know if you enjoy. I I love Bill Burr. I effing love Bill Burr. And if you haven't checked out his podcast, he's got a great one. I don't know the name of it, but uh, he does have just a just up, type yeah. in Bill Burr podcast. You'll find it. Um, I don't know if you've all seen this monologue that he did for SNL this past weekend, but it is amazing. And let me tell you, the Karens are big mad. Can I speak to your manager? Uh, So during his opening monologue, he called white women out big time. Now we're not talking about all white women, but you know, the type, the ones who get offended for other people, even though the people themselves don't have a problem with it. These are the women who have successfully hijacked the woke movement. Now to quote Burr, and I don't do a good Burr impersonation, but you white women stood by our toxic masculinity for years, just rolling around in the blood money of our crimes to humanity. And then when you want to sneak off and be with a black man, you come back and say it was non-consensual and he gets sent to prison or killed. So sit down, shut up, take your talking to just like us. <laughs> so like I said, that's a horrible Burr, but you know. That's okay. That was great. Now let's remember, folks, this is comedy, so don't take it personally. But in all comedy, there is a kernel of truth. Yeah. Some of y'all do need to shut the hell up, sit down. This moment in history is not about you. And the people it is about do not need you to fight their battles for you. They don't need you to voice an opinion that they themselves don't have. They don't want your help either. They're perfectly capable of speaking up for themselves. So take your Ugg boot, Lulu lemon wearing asses, put them in your SUV with the heated seats, go home and sit this one out, Karen. I mean, I'm just saying that the whole heated seats thing is going to be nice for some people around the country pretty soon, if not right now. I mean, not here. No, hell no. Because we live in Satan's asshole. No, I love Texas. I'm I'm a proud Texan, but hey, sometimes I, I would like a little cooler winter. Um, oh, well. So the next story we have, fed up, these black Americans say it's time to get out of the U.S. Now, this is the Huffington Post. Which and this is tell the, you everything that you need to know off the bat. This is the article I sent you where it had that big old precious looking ass girl <laughs> on the cover. Not size shaming anyone, but just the way the article was written, I was like, oh, I would not like this person. So in this article, they interviewed that one person who has said a lot of professional African-Americans are looking to leave the country because apparently America does not care about black people. Now, I get we are in a tough time right now as far as social climate. I I really do. Like we've talked about that on the show multiple times. But I'm letting you know I have been around the world. I spent 20 years in the military. I did three deployments to Afghanistan, Iraq, I mean, Bosnia, Kosovo, wherever. You you would be hard-pressed to find the freedom and opportunities that the United States provides anywhere else in the world, at least not without losing some serious liberties. And paying some major taxes. Oh, yeah. Now, this article also... It's also misleading because it points to three different cases, those being George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor, and lumps them all into the same pot. That was a really bad idea. Now, we've spoken about these cases on the show before, but it's important to realize a few things. I'm just going to go over them kind of quickly. George Floyd's death was a tragic event. 
we all agreed and we've spoke about it on here. Yeah. Officer Siobhan or Chauvin, whatever, should not have been on his neck for any length of time because he was subdued. He was cuffed. However, now that more video has been released, we saw that Mr. Floyd was acting erratically, was completely out of sorts. You saw, I mean, you saw something in his mouth, which apparently, according to the toxicology report, showed he had ingested a lethal amount of fentanyl. Now, I still believe Chauvin should be held accountable to the law. Yes. But But he was not, he was not what actually killed him. I'm sure it didn't help with the agitation and stuff, but George, he was going to die. With and that much fentanyl in his is, system? What would have happened if he'd have just sat in the back? They would have still marched. They would have still rioted. They would have still, you know, there, there'd still be a mural because some some rapey crackhead died in the back of a damn police car. And I don't know if you know, but there was a bike ride for George Floyd. I did not know that. Yeah, that was uh, yesterday. And, of course... I do occasionally. Was that like here? To tro- yeah. Oh, okay. Here in Houston, you know, occasionally I do like to troll uh, ABC and, and Fox Twenty Six. No. And you know, my first thought was, so were they all high on, on uh, fentanyl too? Hashtag be like George. So the next case was Ahmad Arbery, which I don't know that we ever discussed his case on here. I don't think so. But this case, like, it had a lot of unanswered questions. But I think one thing we can agree on. Arbery, he shouldn't have been shot. After reviewing everything that I know about this case, he shouldn't have been shot. However, this was not a police situation. Because that's been the big BLM thing, right? Because it doesn't matter if it wasn't a police thing. But they were all over the Ahmad Arbery case because it was two white guys. Once again, we're causing division. The two men in the truck that shot Arbery they should be held responsible for their actions. The guy that was in the back with the pistol, as soon as he had the pistol in his hand, he was he was in the wrong. He had committed a felony. Right. But it it does feed the narrative to try and lump this in as more police violence when it absolutely was not. These guys were not a now I think one of them was either retired or had been with the district DA or something but he was he was not active in law enforcement. Although still, you'd think he would have made a better judgment call. But, you, you know, we always sit here and pick apart a situation where a guy had seconds to react. Well, and that's the big, there's a great YouTube video, and if I can find it, I'll post it on our pages. You know, all these reporters that like to tear down police, Yeah, they brought them into a simulation. I don't remember if it was paintball Oh. Or a video game or something. They did the same thing with Quan LX. Right. Um, and it gives you that split second to react like, does he have a gun? Does he not? Like, 95% of the time they shot. Because they were, because they hashed, they feared for their lives. And it's understandable, but you would think that it would make them pause their entire process and re and truly look inside themselves and be like, dude, I, w- I did this, but the same thing, but no, they, I bet they still wrote the same filth the very next day. Oh, I'm sure. And you know, um, let's talk about, okay, let's talk about Brianna Taylor real quick. Okay. We've done this multiple times, but right. as we've said on this program, 
we are not fans of no-knock warrants. Right. I believe they should be done away with. Now, new information has surfaced saying the police did, in fact, knock and ID themselves. I'm not sure how trustworthy that information is because why is it just coming out now? I heard there were one or two witnesses that did, in fact, see the knock. All I'm, all I'm saying is this case is full of media bias. The media wants to show pictures of Brianna's an EMT. Even though she hadn't been on an ambulance in years, they want you to believe she was gunned down in her bed. Although her boyfriend shot at the police first, which I think we discussed this before. Like if somebody breaks in your house with a no-knock warrant, you're going to be you're going to defend yourself. Yeah. So that's kind of a hard thing to be like, well, he shot at them first. If they did actually knock and ID themselves, okay. I don't know. It's a very convoluted story. So it's hard to really say. But this is part of the problem, America. We see one headline or one blurb and take it as fact. Nobody actually reads the article, does any research before spouting it off as gospel to the next person who will listen. Now, the America that I remember, the America that I dedicated 20 years of my life to defending, does not hate black people. I mean, we need to start holding, we need to start holding the media and politicians accountable for feeding false narratives, driving wedges deeper between us and trying to cause division in America. It's, you know, I I was listening to Tim Kennedy was on Joe Rogan on the September 11th episode and he really broke it down when you hear about like the Russian collusion and them trying to uh, interfere with the election Mm -hmm. they don't care who wins they they don't care like even when it was hillary they didn't care what they wanted to do was present to the american people that our system is broken and watch it all crumble down on top of us and then they could profit off of it somehow some way he broke he broke it down in a really like crayola style Ooh. And it was just any insurgency, whether it's Russia, China, the Middle East, insurgencies are cheap. So let's say let's say you had a birthday party. This is how he broke it down. Let's okay. say you had a birthday party. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're turning 60. You look great, by the way, for oh, 60 years thanks. old. Now, if I wanted to ruin that party, it wouldn't be that hard. I come and piss in the punch bowl. I go do an upper decker in the toilet. I, you know... Say you have a, a a gay person there, I go make some homophobic slurs. Not that I, I would never do that, but just for the sake of this argument, right. it would not. On the ass. Hey, it, girl, how you doing? It would not take anything to ruin that party, but that party, you spent how long putting it together, paying for it, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it could be ruined in an instance, and that's just like with what's going on with the people burning down communities. It's easy to burn a city down. Yeah. But what's it going to take to rebuild it? And who's going to rebuild it? Trillions of dollars. And all you're doing is running people out. Like, you know, the Target CEO, there was that one Target CEO said, oh, let him come in, burn it down, whatever. Do you really think he's going to rebuild right there? Hell no. I know for a fact. I guess that town was uh, Minneapolis. Uh there were a few O'Reilly and AutoZone stores that wound up getting destroyed, and they already said, no. We're packing up what's, what they could 
and they, and they just left. And, you know, you've got these people who destroyed a, their, their own city. Now, obviously, if you don't know, there were several Antifa people who came in just to, you know, fuel the fire. But at the, but in the end, your own community was destroyed. Not so much somebody else's. You, you, you more so destroy your own. Now, what we also need to come back. What we also need to realize with Antifa and groups like, so they found an article mm-hmm. about Antifa and white rage, traced back to a Russian IP. Mm. So all these Antifa groups and stuff like that. Now, don't get me wrong; they're being funded by oh. somebody. Yeah, probably. But look at who's look at who's in these groups, and it's. It's a lot like a cult. You see people that want to belong. Mm-hmm. They want to have a calling. They want to have a purpose. And they get fed this rhetoric. They're like, oh, well, I'm going to do that. It really doesn't take that long to turn somebody. It kind of brings you back to our past discussions about mental state. It does. And I think, you know, I mean... I don't know where the money would come from, but we need a whole revamp as far as I've said for years, there's a lot of countries out there that do some sort of civic service. You are required after high school, before you attend college to do two years in some sort of civic service, whether it's police, um, military, military, or like social work. Yeah. I think that would, First off, it would make a lot of people grow up. Yeah, it'd but, be amazing what happens when you can see the real world at your still, you know, that still immature mental state of eighteen, and I'm fresh out of high school. But not everybody, not everybody needs to be in the military. Yeah, that's why I say social work. Even maybe you know, you want to help, but maybe you don't have the physical traits to be a policeman or in the military. Go do social work. I think it would be a great program. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it would be funded, but you know, granted, they'll probably never talk at it, about it at a national level here. Yeah, but hey, you, you, maybe certain states or maybe high schools should try to implement some. You know, of, of course, certain programs like if you're National <laughs> Honor Society, if you're ROTC, you do outreach type stuff. You do have higher varying levels of training for certain things. And, you know, I get it. Not everybody wants to do that. They think it's dumb. But it's a really good idea. But it, it also forces you to get out there and see the real world. We have a generation of kids coming out of school now that live in their rooms. Yeah. On computers and phones and don't have active... They don't go outside. No, I think these are the same kids that if they were even on a date, they'd be talking to each other on their cell phone, sitting on someone's couch. Because <laughs> they don't know how to vocalize how they feel to a human being that they might actually have feelings for. And that is scary. Absolutely That scary. also comes down to parenting. Yeah. Watch your kids, listen to your kids, pay attention. So we kind of covered this already, uh, the CIA whistleblower. Uh-huh. Now I'm just going to go over it real quickly. Um, 
They're saying this guy who looked like the great Swami on the video. Um, <laughs> Actually, he kind of looked like the faux bad guy in Iron Man 3. Oh, the uh, <laughs> not the Mandalorian. The Manchurian? No. Was it the Manchurian? Oh, I mean, it's been so long since I haven't seen a movie in probably five years, but yeah. But yeah, the, um, but he's saying there's terabytes of documentation proving that bin Laden was never actually killed by the SEAL team. Right. The whole burial at sea was a cover up. And then Obama, Biden, and Clinton had the SEAL team wiped out, which I don't know about that because, like, the guy who supposedly shot bin Laden has a Twitter account. Like, he's still out there. So I don't know which SEAL team it was that they wiped out. But the 100, you remember a few years ago when Obama was in office and they sent like $152 billion to Iran. Yeah. And they said it was for like a prisoner exchange or something. Well, they're saying this was just so they'd keep quiet about the whole bin Laden thing. So the prisoner would have been him. Right. Oh, he used our money. To save his ass. Now, does this sound like some crazy shadow government conspiracy theory type stuff? Oh, absolutely. But also, if you look through the history of the U.S. government, especially some of the things that the CIA has been involved in, it really doesn't seem that far-fetched. Now, I'm sure the social media sites will flag this is all false news or say their fact-checkers found it to be untrue. Well, like we talked about before, let's not forget whose payroll those fact-checkers are on. Well, officially, I, it, it would seem like those fact checkers payroll is the social media company. Because yeah, I'm, but well, know, but they shouldn't we, be. But we yeah. covered that one story that Soros. Yep, like ninety five percent of them were paid by Soros. Oh yeah, it's just like if you're trying to have like some kind of a official lab test, the results tend to go to whoever paid for the test. You, you know, you you're, they want to get their money's worth. Oh yeah. It's called bragging rights, folks. So in the wake of RBG, the the notorious RBG's passing, the president has nominated Amy Coney Barrett for the Supreme Court. Her confirmation hearings have begun. Now, I don't know if you've seen any of these hearings. She is a very mentally sharp woman. Super sharp. I I would be afraid to get into a debate with that woman if I was the opposition. I've had a chance to listen to some of them, and i got to say she seems very well-spoken, smart, and able to be an impartial party on who can do the job, or who, sorry, who can do the job of a Supreme Court justice, which is to interpret constitutional law. That was the biggest, I think that was the most, the second most impressive thing I noticed was that, yeah, she really did go right down the line. Oh, yeah. Now, what really strikes me as odd is the fact that Judge Barrett, she's been ridiculed due to her Catholic religious beliefs, saying that could be an issue as far as like abortion law. Mm-hmm. But, if, but, if, we, but if we take that as a standard, shouldn't Ilan Omar be recused due to her being part of a religion that has also caused millions of deaths and plenty of war? Well, you would think. But I, now, I say, I say also because, let's be honest, Christianity has done that as well. We've got a dark history. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm it, Catholic. It, I can say that. <laughs> it comes down to you can't pick and choose. If it's a problem in one case, it's a problem in all cases. Right. But one of the most asinine, completely ridiculous things I've seen online about this woman. So she and her family have done rather well. 
and they decided to open up their home and adopt a couple children. Yeah. Now the children they ended up adopting happened to be black. People have and called I, her racist because she adopted two black children. Like what the hell people, how is that racist? I forget the guy's name, but he had a whole YouTube video on it where he said, these white colonizers adopt black children so that they can lord their whiteness over a black child. I mean, for what is this get out the sequel? That's that's a special kind of stupid. <laughs> I don't. I mean, did the guy have like a man bun? Because he sounds like somebody who drinks soy lattes and probably may have, and may have a man bun. I mean, I think he had dreads or braids oh, or something. My but goodness, but well, yeah, I mean, that's just that's scary, man. The fact that these people would repeatedly ask her the same asinine questions as you know, because they wanted to get under her skin. That was, oh, their, I, that was their entire. And I, I love the, uh, the moment where they were like, I see so-and-so has all these notes. Yeah. Do you have any notes? She held up that blank piece of paper. Like I'm a gangster, baby. Yeah. <laughs> bitches. Shut up. That was a crowning moment in C-SPAN history. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, She's a she's a parent, and more importantly, you know, even though we're men, she's a mom. She's clearly able to multitask and listen and still get the job done. So that, if anything, well, that's probably why she didn't need any notes. She's yeah. used to answering stupid questions yeah, all, all day. day. <laughs> yeah. All the moms out there should completely understand that, and they'll probably be saying, mm-hmm. "I heard that." So yeah, I, I think uh, I think she's gonna do well. Um, I was listening to an interview Friday, and uh, one of the head guys from Breitbart, Texas, was saying how 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 impressed he was with her, and that eh, nobody ever agrees with anybody hundred percent. That's just not gonna happen. No, and that's good because you know we're all supposed to have our own free thought, free will, and so on. And it it was, and I agreed with him on the fact that it was amazing to see her humanity out there and to see that, you know, underneath her cool exterior, she's probably a very respectable person. And that's just, it was just one more reason that gave me fuel to say, you know what, she's going to do all right. Because if you remember Kavanaugh, all the drama, all the BS, all the fake stories, and he wound up being pretty dang moderate. Oh yeah, he's definitely he's definitely more. I mean, he's on the right side, but he's closer to the middle of the right. Road. And that's that's I got no beef with that. I, Not at all. I thought it was hilarious irony. All these far left guys, like, oh, he's gonna rape the women and steal the children, and the world's gonna come to an end because he's there because he because he held a beer in college. Yeah. Well, and I got to tell you, I mean, I think the the extreme right is just as stupid as the extreme left. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that's my viewpoint. Now, we're going to shoot one topic from the hip because you sent it to me, and I want to talk about it because yeah. I feel like America is really one of the only places in the world that has a problem with this. It was the, um, oh, now I'm, I'm going to lose track, the disabled sex assistance basically sex assistant for disabled people a now, very I, interesting very you know this i saw this and at first i laughed and i was like man what what if i was there what what if i couldn't do anything 
And, you know, blue balls are blue balls. If your legs don't work, blue balls are still blue balls. Okay, folks? So. But it really just comes down to, like, and we're not talking about, because I don't know, I don't know how that would work if they had, like, a mental handicap. Like, I don't think anybody's going to somebody with downs and. No, well, I guess it I feel like that could get kind of murky, but people with like cerebral palsy or um, just just issues in general. You know, America is, as we like to say, we're free and everything, but we really frown on any kind of sex work. Yeah, unless you're in Vegas. Whether it's OnlyFans or... But a lot of the reason that prostitution has gotten so dingy and mm-hmm. gritty is because it's illegal. Like all these other countries, you know, I've been around the world and you walk by these uh, red light districts or whatever, and they're just out on display. Yeah. Hey, horny. And these these girls get tested like once a week or once a month. They have health care. I mean, it's a job. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm sure, you know, that's not their forever. I would hope not. I mean, forever job. I wouldn't want to have to hear about that after work. But if we're really like today, I don't know. It just it it's just very showing of our puritanical roots mm-hmm. that we're still so afraid. Well, we don't we don't talk about sex. We're so sexually repressed as a nation. Re- we really are. That was one thing in Germany. Like in in America, if you meet a girl and you're like, "Hey, I like you," and she's like, "Hey, I like you too," you want to go back to my place? You're like, "Oh, hang hey, on, hot damn." But some people would be like, oh, well, she's a slut. But in Germany, it's like, oh, you like sex? Me too. I like the sex. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not frowned on like that, which is refreshing to say the least. But it's just something to think about, especially for those who can't do for themselves. Could you imagine having blue balls for like 30 years? Oh, I mean, my I just, God. And you couldn't do anything about it? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I'd be paying somebody too. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but like was, there was a movie, and I don't know if I ever brought this up in a previous episode, but there's a movie where it would, I want to say it was in Sweden or Denmark, and these girls would essentially take like a melatonin or you know something just to fall asleep, okay, and these old rich guys would just sleep next to them because. You know, they've, they've probably been alone for 20 damn years. And for the most part, it's not that big of a deal. It wasn't that big of a deal. So I don't know that movie, but there are actually professional. In in some cities, mm-hmm. there are people who they schedule cuddle sessions. I don't see and it's, so bad about it's that. not sexual. But a lot of times, like as a man, it's hard for you to say, hey, I need to be held. Yeah. But here you schedule a session. You go in, she could be the big spoon. And you're able to just kind of be vulnerable. You could de-stress. That's a it's a it's a very cool thing. And I thought it was it would have tied into a listener question, but I don't see it on the list. But that's okay. Not unless there was one you didn't send me. I so. thought I did, and that's okay. So as, as we uh, think on the cuff here, because, yeah, I don't see it. Okay. I don't, because I didn't think that we had talked about it last week, but basically we had a, a listener who was asking about our uh, 
stance on friends with benefits. And you did send me that. Yeah, Why is that not on the list? That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so, it, it you know, it, it falls into it. Wait, wait. Are we going in, into listener no, questions? No, not just yet. Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. I'm, I think that this is perfectly tieable to this subject. <clears throat> okay, we can talk about it. Yeah. So, if you were unable to, you know, have be intimate or, or you know, just sex, maybe... Your outlet isn't that you need sex. Maybe you just want somebody there. And, you know, we don't have to be in Switzerland to have to consider, man, if you're single and this person's single, there's nothing wrong with a little cuddle session. Yeah, And I've seen people advertise it. I laughed. I was like, I can't believe I, I don't think I'd ever be in a position in my life where I would ever personally need that. But... I could, I could, so I could see like, not that I would need it, but I could see how for men, it's hard to go as men were taught to be very strong, right? you know, and not show any weakness and guys don't cry and all this kind of stuff. And I could see wanting to be able to be vulnerable in a safe space, right? And I think with that, because there's no, like, you don't ever have to go back to this person. Yeah. But you could go and I don't, I don't know. And how, it could be how, like a whole new futuristic American style of psychologist. We're just going to cuddle on, on this, uh, you know, couch for a couple hours. Just talk to me. Or that, like, that or like, actually work. or like, Hey, I'd just like to lay my head in your lap and you rake your fingernails through my hair. And right, wait, wait, wait. Are you teasing me? Cause I don't have hair. No, 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 no. nothing, nothing like that. But like to be able to be, because that's traditionally the female's role. Right, right, That, you know, and as men, like we want to be comforted. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a cool concept. Now, since this technically isn't still, we're we're still trying to stay tied in here. Not the listener questions yet. I'm sure at some point in your life, you've had friends with benefits. Oh, yeah. Year, I mean, long time ago. I've been married for a while. So. Yeah, yeah. So but yeah, and and honestly, it it worked out great. Well, it's like it works out, and all of a sudden it doesn't. It works out, but then you get to the point where either she finds somebody, or you find somebody, and somebody's gonna be like, "Well, I don't want to say your feelings hurt, but kind of." Yeah. But it's more of a, damn, I'm not going to get any anymore. You know? You're like, damn, that was really convenient. Yeah. And uh, I I know I personally have a long history before I, you know, settled down. And, uh, yeah, it. I think it's uh, it was always lovely when you could chit-chat about something. And, you know, like you may have like a singular shared interest other than, physical things and you could maybe go bowling and then go get laid you can just chit chat and then life is, and then you just go back home no beef no drama yep life goes no, on no no baby mama <laughs> yeah yeah but in my personal experience i always noticed someone always caught feelings and then it just it just didn't work anymore you got you know and, and that things, does things get awkward you're just like this isn't what we signed up for you idiot 
And that does happen, but I think with that, you kind of have to set guidelines and be like, look, if you start getting feelings, you have to let me know because we have to yeah, we, cut yeah, this off. Yeah, it's it, no more. Although, that was a movie. with Oh, uh, uh, yeah, with Timberlake. Mila Kunis. And Timberlake. Yeah. Yeah. JT. Which is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. I, I think I got dragged kicking and screaming to see that, but I actually did wind up seeing it. Now, I'm going to give you a quick little tidbit. Has anyone mentioned to you about the movie theater deal where you can rent out the entire theater for like 100 bucks? No. Yeah, look forward to that because I already sent off a request. Okay, I'm down. <laughs> I was like, ooh, scary movie. And then the girlfriend was like, no, how about something for the children? I was like, oh, hell, fine. So, Why does it always be got to be about the damn yeah, kids? I, know. I, Come I was on like, now. bro, Conjuring or Conjuring 2 in the theater again? Hell yeah. But it's going to wind up being Hocus Pocus. So... But hey, I mean, it's still it's a classic movie to see and, it on the big screen. And let's be honest, Sarah Jessica Parker was looking pretty good back then. Yeah, yeah, she had that baby fat on those cheeks. That's right. Oh yeah. Now with that, that's going to wrap up all our subjects, and we're going to go into listener questions here in just a minute. All right, guys, and now we're off to listener questions. Yeah, we're here with listener questions, and we have a guest with us. Gavin, you want to introduce our guest? Actually, this guest is so cool. She should really introduce herself because she is just one of my absolute favorite people in all the world. How do you follow that? Um, hi, I'm Miranda. I've lived in Deer Park for most of my life, other than when I was gone in the military. Um, and what branch was that again? Army, U.S. Army. Who, uh? And, uh just glad to be here yeah i didn't mention so now i'm i am amongst two army yep oh, yeah wow. so small world i know i know and they both sing karaoke just saying hell oh, that's true <laughs> but that's that's gonna we're, be we're not addicted that's for another day <laughs> uh we're gonna go into listener questions we just kind of shoot from the hip there's no pre research or anything oh, on these no. so first one if you could go back and witness one event in u.s history what would it be hmm. mm. so i took history this um, semester in college and after seeing some things and some point of views on certain things in history i'd say i'd want to go back and kind of witness how um the whole civil war here, mm -hmm. um, seeing it from the point of view that it was presented to us in class compared to how I was raised and, or how we were taught growing up. It was right. a very different point of view. And so we all know that things in, in history or things that are recorded can be recorded from a person's point of view. So it could still be very wrong. Right. Um, right. I'd kind of like to see for myself how that all unfolded. Yeah. His, history is always kind of written in favor of the victor. Yes. So. Very much so. How about you, Gavin? Uh, I'd like to two. Okay, two different ones that I, I would be curious about. Actually, three, three quick ones. One, I would really have. It would have been cool to know Tesla and hung out with him for a while, just to just to pick his brain about stuff. Okay, I think for me, I would have gone back to the events that really made Texas Texas. So a lot of people are like, why are Texans so proud? 
of Texas. The best damn state ever. It all it all traces back though to the Comanches. Mm-hmm. There's a great book called Empire of the Summer Moon where Mexico used U.S. settlers. They were like, "Yeah, come to Texas," because at the time Mexico still owned it. They were like, "Yeah, come on, come on." All they were doing was using us as a buffer zone. Because the Comanches were slaughtering everyone. <laughs> yeah, come on, move in. And so the Texas Rangers were actually the first ones who learned how to fight the Comanches because a lot of people were making the mistake that they got off their horseback. Mm-hmm. Colt made the repeating revolver and rifle. And the Texas Rangers learned to fight from horseback, just like the Comanches were, because they could shoot like six arrows in six seconds. I think that would be an interesting time just because that's kind of what made Texas what it is and why we are so proud and why we're so indignant of when people try to tell us what to do. Yeah, we're like, no. Like, it's Texas and it's 49 bitches, okay? That's right. When we didn't, we weren't purchased. We chose to join. So so people don't realize that. We weren't just an addition to the U.S. We were our own place. And that's also why we're allowed to fly the Texas flag as high as the United States colors, because we were were our own sovereign nation Mm -hmm. at one point. We were the Republic of Texas. In case our lovely listeners didn't know that. And now you know why we love Texas so dang much. Although I would say, wouldn't it have been cool to have seen the whole unfolding behind the whole the JFK assassination? I mean, just to just to be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to watch this. I'm going to record, and I'm going to go right back into the present before they you know kill me too. So yeah, I don't know that we'll ever know the true <laughs> secrets behind. There's that. There's so many stories. Yeah. yeah, how would you ever know which one is the truth? So the next one is, what is your opinion on the current climate when it comes to the military and specifically Fort Hood? <laughs> a very good time to have a female guest. Yeah. Who's been to Fort Hood and was stationed there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's I say funny, more what, like. Uh, what years were you there? Ironic funny. Um, oh, God, you're going to make me think right now. Uh, let's see. 98. Through 99 the first time, and then I was back later as a guest as, as opposed to a soldier. Oh, okay, because I was there oh, 2000 to oh, 02, mm-hmm. and then oh, 05 to oh, 09. Okay. Yeah, I you know, as I read those articles that came out and different things and looking at the news, it, it of course piqued my interest because I live there. And um, as a female in the, soldier, in, in the military, I can tell you that um, – I think every female, to some degree, has some issues while they're in, um, just because of the nature of how the military is run. Um, but to read those things and to hear such horrible stories, and then hearing people on the news, you know, Fort Hood's so awful, this, that, and the other. And I have wonderful memories of my time there, um, and I, I didn't have any of the issues that came up with these right. people. And you know, you're seeing females and males disappear, and and, and bodies being found, and. I think um, definitely it's been mishandled for a long period of time and kind of swept under the rug. But with everything that's coming out, I hope they get to the bottom of whatever the issue is. I know when I, when I first joined in 2000, it very much seemed like a boys club. Now, when I, when I left active duty in 2015 and then when I retired from National Guard in 2020, it felt like it had gotten better. But I think we can kind of see from the events happening at Fort Hood. But I also think that this may be part of something larger. Like 
either a prostitution ring or That's something else thought. was going on. There, that, there was several articles that, um, so they, they did bust a sex trafficking ring out of right. Fort Hood. Yeah. And I wonder, I'm like you, I think there's a lot more to this story that the general public may never know because it happened on a military base. And then, well, and then the kid was a coward and killed himself before. Right. You know. Yeah. But did you ever think if this is happening here, could this be part of a larger thing? So I, like I said, pose? as a female in the military, I can tell you, I experienced many times um, things that shouldn't happen, but happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of the fortunate ones that I was able to get it shut down or, or redirected or whatever needed to happen, happened and, and didn't have too bad of an, op- you know, um, instances while in the military. Uh, but I know several women that had much worse and even a few men, um, I read an article, one of the articles on Facebook, I know, horrible uh, uh, place to get information, but um, about a, a young man soldier who was gay and, um, you know, he had a horrible issue with one of his um, commanding officers mm. and was in a bad situation for a long time. I just think it happens and everybody's like, well, we know it happens. Well, okay, then let's fix it. I don't know how you fix it, to be perfectly honest with you, but I think there does need to be a major change in how that's handled. Well, and I think especially with, the I don't remember his name, but the perpetrator of the heinous crime, mm-hmm. he had been reported six or seven times. But it came down to, from what I've read, he was an NCO. And a lot of times they protect their own, unfortunately. Um, is this part of that boys club? Or is it yes and, or, or yes does, and does no. it involve With, the rank? That's more rank-based. Yeah, I think it's more rank-based. So I I can give you an example. One of my children um, is from an NCO that I had a relationship with when I was less than E5. And the whole reason that... By the way, that's illegal. Yes. (laughs) So one of the reasons people didn't know we were even seeing each other was because of his rank. We couldn't tell people. But if people had known we were seeing each other, they could have saved me a lot of trouble. Technically, well, and it's not even so in the military, anybody who's not an NCO and an NCO or an NCO and officer, if you're in the direct chain of command, it's considered fraternization, Mm -hmm. which is punishable under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. But it happens a lot. A lot, a lot. So what are you trying to like say? Like you get new females to We're the stressing. unit and it's like, okay, well, e- E6 is picking that one up. So A lot, a lot, a lot. But you also get like, I have a friend. She's a contractor now, but she was, she was raped while in the military and she voiced like she told and ended up getting booted. Like she got booted out. Yeah. The they consequences didn't, didn't are they not for the... The consequences are not for the perpetrator. The consequences are for the person, the person who speaks up because of the boys club mentality and the protect their own mentality. Well, there's that, and there's the fact that a lot of the commanders they don't want to tarnish their command. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have that report where oh this happened this under, on, my, on watch. my watch. Yeah. Oh. oh man, that's that's terrible. So I, I guess in a way it, it parallels middle management going into upper management and trying to keep things the status quo. Well, and a lot of times, you know, especially with your younger and lower enlisted, you know, things happen at parties or whatever. And Mm -hmm. because drugs and alcohol are involved, they don't want to believe the story. Um, You know, I've, I've seen instances and, and known people who either that kind of thing happened or like there was one girl, she was dating a guy for a long period of time. Drugs and alcohol got involved. Oh, alcohol at least got involved 
And, um, you know, she was forced to do some things she didn't want to do. Mm. And they were, oh, well, you were dating him. You know, that was their excuse to just blow it off. So Or the whole, oh, why'd you get drunk? Yeah. Whether you're drunk or not, if you can't consent, that does not count as consent. Correct. I mean, it's... Wow. Now, before we go on to our next subject, I want to take a quick moment. I just noticed our guest has... Texas Crocs on, <laughs> which just proves just how awesome Texas actually is. Fancy. <laughs> My daughter talked me into these. <laughs> nice. Are they in two wheel drive or four by four mode right now? Uh, probably four by four. We've that's, been running like two crazy. wheel drive. Yeah, she's up. Uh, she's oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I never wear them the other way. <laughs> um. So I feel like the next question kind of needed a little context. Okay. The why is it wrong to disagree honestly and respectfully? Okay, so she knows who sent me this question. Is one of our lovely listeners who always has very interesting points to make. So, have you noticed in the current climate, twenty twenty? Well, honestly, it's been longer than that, but it, it seems they have gotten worse in in twenty twenty. We are supposed to be able to exchange our ideas and disagree, agree, debate, whatever. But this particular listener has come into multiple instances where she can't even agree to disagree on a subject because she's being ramrodded, you know, someone's bias to where she wants, you know what, we're not going to agree. And I wonder, or she wonders, do any of us ever come into this as well and what our thoughts are on it? I think everybody experiences it at some time or another. There's always going to be that one person who really believes that their ideas should be everybody's ideas. Um, but if you're if you're educated and you've been around a lot of people and, and really experienced um, different uh, uh, areas of the world and things like that, then you learn that you're not always going to see the same. And, yeah, that's that's like one of my best phrases. I love that. Let's just agree to disagree because I'm not going to fight with you about this. <laughs> right. What's the point? If two people with extremely opposing ideas are going to walk into a conversation, what the hell are the odds that one of us is going to out-debate the other person to the point to where we're going to change their mind? Very slim. You've got lifetimes put into that. <laughs> But Making I mean, up that, your mind. That was also part of why we started this whole thing. Yeah. It was coming to a table, talking about stuff. We may not agree on everything. Yeah. But we can talk about it and kind of hash it out. And I think a lot of, probably 90% of Americans have never gone out there and truly experienced another culture, like lived in it. Right. To see how good we have it here. Yeah, but like going to go eat tacos at the place where they barely speak English does not count, okay? Yeah. <laughs> But when you go live in, you know, I lived in South Korea for two years, Germany for three years, Iraq for two years, Afghanistan for a year. I mean, when you're in that environment and you see their culture, their way of life, it opens you up. Yeah. You're not in your little bubble. You're not in Deer Park, Texas, you know. Life is a little less white and black and a little more gray. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a lot of... People ask me, so what do you think about this? I'm like, well, it depends on this and that. And this. Well, I just wanted to answer. Well, it's not that easy. Yeah, yeah there's got you got to get context to a situation to really give it your full answer. You know, I 
I count myself, my sister and I, I count us fortunate that we grew up in another country. So we lived in Saudi Arabia until we were eight. Um, you know, watching television wasn't a thing for us. We got to watch whatever my grandmother would record and send to us. So a whole lot of Top Gun and oh, yeah. the Smurfs and She-Ra, She-Ra. But, um, that explains so much. Right? Um, people will make a joke from that time frame. I'm like, eh, went in the country. Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, but I, living in another country, seeing how bad, like, my mom couldn't drive, um, my mom had to dress from head to toe when she left the house, you know, certain things like that. We had white blonde hair, so people would run up and touch us because they don't see that over there. And I'm um, guessing that your mom probably had to sit in the back seat when your dad drove. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then, you know, being older and being subjected to that at a young age and also going to a school that was an international school. You had kids from everywhere, all mm. over the world going to that school. Um, we were already kind of automatically tolerant when we came here. Um, hearing people talk, uh, you know, about, you know, saying racist things or stuff like that to us was like, what the heck's wrong with you? Like everybody, we're all people like what we just, we didn't understand that. My parents actually had to sit us down and kind of explain that we're a little bit more worldly than those people in their views. <laughs> so I think that that helped us going on in life though, because we can, like you said, us agree to disagree. I know and have experienced things that can open my eyes and, and see that they're, Bigger things to fight about, and, and, and it also think about it. Let me just be before I forget. Does it make you think since you two have such a more, more of a worldly view? Do you ever look at these people that want to railroad you into their point and think you really are that fucking stupid? I just Holy. usually think, bless your little heart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it also you know. Being over there teaches you to kind of grin and bear it sometimes, too. I remember you go visit, like, tribal leaders, and you're out there, and they make a – it's a tea. It's not a chai tea. That's what they call it, but it's horrible. But it's seen as disrespectful if you don't, if you don't partake. So you sit there, and you sip on it. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah. And you don't want to be there. You don't want to be doing that, but you're doing it, and it, it – it really is, especially to be like 21, 22, and being that, I, it opens your eyes a lot more. And coming home, a lot a lot less bothers you. But then you also see stuff, you're like, well, why, why are we fighting about this? Mm. I, I like hearing people in today's day and age tell me things like, you know, or say things like, well, you know, we just have it so bad. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, from living in other countries, you know, we know how good we have it here. We can appreciate and be blessed that we live where we live and we have the freedoms that we have. It's like, but um, some people will never understand that. They just never will until they go and live in these countries. So they walk among these third country nations with absolute poverty and where people cannot say anything in their defense or do anything in their defense, let alone say something bad about their leaders or their leadership. Um, and then I, they just disappear. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. and it happens. So I, people that haven't done that, they're never going to really truly understand what they have here because they, they've never been somewhere that doesn't have what they have. But that also goes back to when we were talking about during the episode, the belief of that two years of service after high school, like a lot of countries yeah. have, whether it be military, police, social work, something. I think it would be beneficial for sure. Well, I guess those the, the uh, those black professionals from that 
HuffPost article, they're going to learn a whole lot. I mean, unless they move to Canada, but I don't know where they're talking about get. But that all goes back to, you remember during the 2016 election, all these celebrities who are now once again saying, oh, if Trump gets reelected, I'm leaving the country. But you didn't the first You didn't do time. it in 2016. You're so, still here. Yeah. I guess they figured out how bad the taxes are out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Except for good old Forrest Gump. He's, he still made the jump you know, for all his special reasons. So this is a pretty good one. Why do you think so many people feel guilty when they have a day off and just relax? Is there something pushing us to always be productive? What's a day off? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I've had like four days off in the past month, so I, yeah. Even when I have days off, I'm remodeling my house, so I just um, what's a day off? Yeah. Yeah, how is that going? Oh. You're not done yet? No, because every time I think I'm getting close, I either lose my helper or we come across something crazy. Like I went to install the bottom cabinets in my kitchen, the walls aren't square, so I got to figure that out before I can finish. But I'm close. I'm really close. Ouch. That sounds like me and my whole car rebuild saga. Yeah. Well, and then I pu- pulled muscles in my back, so I haven't been able to do anything for the last week. It's, it's, I just, every time I think I'm close, something major jumps out and bites me. So we'll just, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, it would seem like, are there society type expectations for certain people that tend to be busy to stay busy, or else you're like, a day off? What the hell did you, did you accomplish anything today? Like, the, do you feel that maybe society wants us to always be on the go? I think a lot of it boils down to, and this is going to sound bad, but a lot of it is capitalism. I was thinking that. Because I'm all about free market, which is not technically a capitalist system, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of it is you work for the big man and you're making him money. So he wants you to work as much as you possibly can and get the least amount of time off. So when you do have that time off, you're like, well, I've been working 12-hour days for the past three weeks, so now I've got this one day off, and I've got to mow the yard, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and if it doesn't get done, it's not going to get done. Yeah, yeah. I think part of it goes back to the person, though. I think what I've found going through life is there's certain people that are just really motivated and are going to take their responsibilities seriously. And like you said, oh, I only have this one day off and I got to get all this stuff done. Yeah. And then you have the other half or third or whatever percentage we break down into. But there are some people that just don't care on that day off. They can just lounge on the couch. I can't do that. I don't understand that. I got too much going on. I don't know. I wound up, I watched a movie on the couch uh, like last week. And I was like, the hell? I just watched a whole movie? And then some of us have full-time jobs and say, hey, you know what? I want to start a podcast and build a brand and do all this other shit that (laughs) I really don't have time for, but I'll figure it out. Amen to that. And may I just say, based off of the question so far, it was perfect that you were here. I do what I can. I was like, like, it just made sense. The stars aligned tonight. So. What's next? Uh, next one is, if long voting lines are voter suppression, what does that make the line of Black Friday campers? Oh, that's got to be suppression. So these are two totally different subjects. So the whole thing with voter suppression, we've talked about, I've told you before, I don't believe in systemic racism. 
Right. I'm open to the idea of systemic classism, which with voter suppression, the poor people are not going to have access to some of the polls because either they don't have a car or it's harder for them to get there or whatever. I don't think that's at all the same thing as I want to get me a 55 inch Vizio for $25, you know? I mean, it may be a Vizio, but if it was $25, I'd probably sit in line too. Just Well, yeah, I'd buy five of them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I, you know, I'd put two of them in the kids room alone. I just don't really feel like black Friday campers. That just shows that their marketing is working. Well, I mean, those are just two uncomparable things. They're not anywhere near the same thing. I guess the parallel they're trying to draw is if you're in line for this, what's the the big difference? Yes, clearly it's an entirely different agenda, different point. One, you're spending money. One, you're not. Well, I don't think the lines have been that long. Oh, it took me an hour to vote. Oh, really? I went the first day, and it took me less than 20 minutes. And everybody Uh, was friendly and visiting. Both me and my wife went to the Ritchie location and did the drive through voting. I heard about that. Ten minutes we were out. Eight? So I think it's a lot about location. Yeah. And let's just say all the signage outside the location I was at was not anybody I would have ever supported. I think the voting also... The voting also comes down to, like, we haven't really seen civic duty be preached since JFK. I mean, there really hasn't been just proud of your nation, get out there and do your civic duty. Now it's, but we've also seen what politics have devolved mm-hmm. into. You know, it's it's no longer, when we have the debates, it's no longer talking policy. It's name calling and slander and, oh, come on, shut up, man. I mean, that's. Now it's. Vote or die. That's what they're putting, you know, graffiti on places. Hell, South Park, I guess that was that was probably some years ago. South Park even had like a whole joke about it. But, yeah, that's what we've come down to. And they're not giving you enough information to vote. They just want you to vote who the media wants you to vote for. And that's what the Democratic Party has thrown out there is Biden's not a good candidate. He's but. A- you're All right. they're saying is he's not Trump. Well, and something I noticed, so I, I have a 20-year-old and a 21-year-old. Um, and last year, for whatever we were voting for, I was like, hey, y'all going to vote? And like, oh, we're not even registered. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I made them both get registered, but it's like they could care less. And I'm like, you should care, though. I was like, for my daughter, she's a single mom, so she's had you know some issues throughout. And I'm like, you can't complain about the issues if you aren't voting. I don't want to hear it if you're not voting. Yeah. yeah. So get out there and vote. Yeah, every and that's I told them. You know, this affects you whether you think it does or not. I said, and if you don't know who to vote for, please educate yourself. Don't just go, oh, I'm this, and and uh, you know. I said, get out there, find out what you're voting for, what you're voting about. You know, make up your mind, whatever it is. Straight ticket voting is gone. Yes, they took that away, didn't they? Yeah, my girlfriend was like, she was all caps. Why? I was like, well, I mean, that's how Dora the Explorer won was well, legitimately straight up, straight ticket vote, and that's how she got in. Also, look at um, so I wasn't mad. Look at the fact that some of the inner city precincts, the judges that we talked about this, yeah, there was no Republican on the ticket. It was only Democrat. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not voting for them. Yep, you just skip it. I was surprised at that too. How yeah. many did only had a Democrat? There was like there was like five or six mm-hmm. judge positions, and I'm willing to bet. And we kind of talked about this before. In those areas, I'm willing to bet the Republicans have been like, "Look, we can't 
we can't win this area. It's unwinnable because it's either high poverty and the Democrats promise free stuff. That's what they do. And so that's, it's an unwinnable section and we're just not even going to try anymore. We'll put our money elsewhere and see what we can do, which is sad. But I get it. You're going to invest where you can get something out of it. I It sucks. I get it, but I don't get it because you can't win if you don't even try. That's true. So I feel like you need to try. It would almost seem. And that the high poverty just, thing. Just throw somebody in there. Yeah. If they win, they win. Cool. If not, hey, the, the, just say, hey, we're not that one Democrat guy who promised you stuff and never actually did it for 47 years. You know, so you've got that option. And I, I'm in a couple of different uh, uh, Facebook message group chats that are politics related. Uh, and I was, you know, asking people, like, hey, did anybody who voted in Harris County notice how many unopposed seats that there were? We got to do something about this. Most definitely. And because, you know, because it wasn't a party of someone I was going to vote for, I just kind of glazed over it. What the fuck is this? So now, later, I told myself, I need to go back and see if I can look at, at the sample ballot just to figure out, like, who, what seats are they? Is it all judge seats? Is it something else? Because, you know, as you know, one thing that the media has really not talked a whole lot about, but one positive thing that uh, that our current president has done is putting judges in, in high-ranking seats. And he's, I want to say it's been like a couple hundred seats across the country. It's a lot. And it's something that you hear about in talk radio, but on the on TV-type news, they just glaze over that fact. So, yes, we do need to figure out what these spots are and do something about it next time. And you're right. Most of the open ones on this ballot were for judge seats. There was a few others that weren't, but most of them were judge seats. I mean, I can't be a judge, but I'd run for something else, you know. Stay, stay it, all, it, all, it all just comes down to money, though. It all comes down yeah. to who's willing to fund that run. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's important that we educate our the young people because, you know, what's the worst part of most people's lives those first few years when you get out of your parents house mm-hmm. and you're trying to survive and i say survive because that's all they're doing they're not moving up it's everything they can do to go to school work and and pay their rent right so what are they like free stuff of course right hey mom can i do my laundry hey mom can i eat with you they like free stuff i think it's very important <laughs> that we educate right. them that hey just because they're offering free stuff doesn't mean it's good. And first of all, it's not free. Yeah. And I, I made sure that I preached that to my kids and any of their little friends that came to the house. You know, just so you know, none of that is free. Nothing is free. <laughs> Nothing is free. Well, and half the problems we have, we've talked about this on the show before, especially with education. Half the problems we have now are because they said, oh, so you hear the great generation Talk about, oh, I could work a summer job and afford my way through college. They didn't have student loans back then. As soon soon as student loans came in and the bank was like, oh, we'll give you a loan for this much. And the college heard that and they're like, oh, we're going to start charging more because the bank's going to give them a loan for it. And it's gotten to where now like A&M's like 25 grand a semester. Mm -hmm. And it just, it all boils down to, I hate to say it, but it was all Democratic Party-led stuff. I mean, from 
You mean those from, teachers from during the civil rights movement, the welfare state, the, I mean, all of it, democratic led programs that in the long run have hurt more than they helped. You got people that are in high paying jobs now still paying on student loans. Yeah. I'm yeah. still paying student loans and I had help from the government. Yeah. <laughs> from, from the military and my, my military money, I'm still paying on loans. And how much did those books cost you this time? <sighs> I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> You're like, it's the price of a car. <laughs> a shitbox, but a car nonetheless. <laughs> so the next one is kind of a two-parter. Okay. And it's, I'm going to read it, and we'll kind of dissect it. If okay. Joe, If Joe should pack the court after winning the election, should Trump pack the courts now or wait until after winning re-election? So... Here's the thing with that. If Amy, if Amy Coney Barrett gets um, a seat, yeah, that's not packing the court. No, that's that's just one spot. Because you it's have one guy that's yeah. the swing vote, but he's voted left for like the last 17 votes that they've had. Yeah. So we're pretty even. It's not really a um, – it's not really packing the court. And what really surprised me is anytime they ask Joe about it, he dodges the question. Oh, well, I'll tell you after November 3rd. Doesn't he dodge every question, though? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, either either he dodges it or a moderator dodges it for him. Yeah. yeah. Interesting how he's assisted in that way. I still hope that they can get Joe Rogan to be a moderator. That would be amazing. <laughs> Don't see it happening. Yeah. Because he doesn't like either one of them. Right. He was a Bernie backer. So. What? Oh, yeah. Now that now that he's he's in Texas now, maybe he's grown up a little. And now that he's moved to Texas, I've heard a couple of his podcasts since he moved here, and he's definitely leading our way. He's absorbed some tech, you know, kind of like when Jesse James left, when West Coast Choppers moved from California to to the Austin area. You can tell he's like he never really talked about guns all that much. All of a sudden, he's making like badass custom machine work. Oh yeah, you're like, all right, cool. Texas is a nice little melting pot that has a way of enlightening people, I think. Unless you live in Austin, then you're... you're well, but there's, yeah, there's, been, there's, Austin. there's been studies <laughs> that even the people that move from California and move down here, that first election, they blow, they vote blue. And then they're like, hold up. Everything was screwed up where I came from where I voted blue. And I still do And the next again, election, yeah. they start voting red. So... You would think when if you move here from... New York or California, it should be a law that you cannot vote. <laughs> you can vote in your, you know, back there if you want, but until you have enough time to absorb Texas culture, maybe you should just cool your jets. A kind of a waiting period <laughs> yeah. before you can vote. Well, yeah, before think you, of it before like you go baking, changing our state, a baking period <laughs> or a saturation period. <laughs> uh, so our last question, and I'm not trying to leave you out. I appreciate you coming by to be part of this. But it's kind of more for us. It's from another podcaster. If you guys haven't checked out, there's a podcast called Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit Podcast. And uh, Chris Stevenson and Chris Clark are the hosts on that. They've got a great thing going. But they wrote me and said, I just wanted to hear your take on the creative process. How do you go from idea to plan to execution on the show? Are there any topics you want to talk about honestly and bluntly, but feel you probably shouldn't? What's your biggest challenge 
or what has your biggest challenge been up to this point in your podcast journey? Well, since we are mostly like we do listener questions, but we're kind of a current events yeah. news podcast. So as far as the creative process, we don't really have to travel hard. I don't know if you've heard their podcast. They do more. They don't really get political. It's more different subjects. Which means it, that they have to try and kind of yeah, they're, keep they're, it at a certain they definitely have to be more creative and like i've said before we are going to start getting guests in like next week we've got micah coming in Mm -hmm. for his food um please bring cheesecake yeah uh as far as idea to plan so i kind of gavin shoots me ideas throughout the week i sit down and do like an outline and notes and all that kind of stuff before we record but we don't have to like we don't have to come up with an idea. It's just kind of like, hey, these yeah. stories are hitting hard. Let's cover these. And I, I think we speak pretty honestly and bluntly. Like I've, yeah. you know, I've had people write me about it was either episode fifteen or sixteen where we talked about the whole childhood trauma thing. Yeah, and they were like, man, that episode got dark. I said, hey, I'm keeping hey, it real. Yeah, man. Um, the biggest challenge so far is just really growing an audience organically. Like yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to pay Facebook to boost my post. I don't want to pay Instagram to boost my post. So getting people to, you know, we have like 410 followers on Facebook now, mm-hmm. but getting them to share the posts and be like, Hey, come listen to these guys. That's really been the challenge so far. Right now we have uh, just over 1500 listens. Nice. Which technically gives us an, a steady audience of about 73 people. And we appreciate you guys. Love y'all. But get out there and share it. We, we want to we wanna, we wanna spread the wealth. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to be the next Joe Rogan, but if I could ever turn this into something where I could quit my day job, I'd love to leave oh. shift work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, would be great. But, yeah, that's where we're at now. That's really... As far as creative, we don't have to try too hard because the news kind of does it for us. Um, I will say, we did get a bonus question in via text by a buddy of mine from high school. Okay. So, And this one, I think we've kind of touched on the hair before, but this one is more of a dream. Uh, let's see here. What is your favorite gun owned or dream? And also, what is your favorite holster? Hmm. Ladies first. I don't have a favorite holster. I've looked at some some concealed ones for the for the ladies. Yeah, uh, but I haven't actually purchased anything simply because we use holsters out at work for radios and stuff. And like, I just don't think any of those are going to be comfortable. So I guess I really need to try them before I could give. An answer to that. Right. So I've seen a couple for the ladies. Yeah. Because uh, my wife has talked about wanting to get her concealed carry. The ones that seem like they work the best are either the, um, it's called like a butterfly. It's almost like, I don't want to say a girdle because it's not a girdle, but it's like a Velcro um, goes yeah. around the waist and the gun goes like a kidney carry. Okay. I like to carry back right hip. And uh, now, granted, you have to buy your pants a tiny bit bigger to fit the gun in there. Uh, there's also one that hangs, and I don't really know how it works. It looks like it hangs off the bra and, like, hangs under the shirt. 
and you could reach up and just pull it. I don't know exactly. Don't, it just sounds like a like It doesn't seem like it'd be comfortable. I would say that it. doesn't sound comfortable at all. It's like, like, what happened to you? I shot my nipple off. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I mean, you, you might flash the guy, and then he'll yeah. be stunned, and then you shoot him. Yeah. Hey, hey, Whatever that works. That might be insurance. That gives you extra time. Extra time. Now, but what's your favorite and or dream gun? Um, I don't think I really have a dream gun. I don't. I'm probably not as much as a gun fanatic as people think I am, um, but I really liked. I think out of, out of the, all the guns I owned, I had a um, I had a baby eagle, and that was probably oh, my favorite. Nice. So yeah. the baby was it a forty four? Forty five. Forty. It was a forty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. That was my favorite. I mean, my favorite guns I've ever shot would either be the Mod Deuce or the Mark Nineteen. Now I'll never own one of those. I mean, my favorite one. No, I mean, unless there's some serious legislation changes. I'm assuming it's a class three rifle. Oh, well, the Mark 19 is a fully automatic grenade launcher <laughs> and the Mod Deuce <laughs> is a 50 cal machine gun. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. As far as what I own, I've got that uh, AR-15 pistol, pistol. That's a lot of fun. I really like that one. That'd probably be maybe like a scar. I don't know if I've ever shot one, but they're gorgeous. And, you know, me being such an FN Herstall fan, I'm always going to be like, yeah, you fine son of a bitch. Um, I hope that one day I can own an AA-12. I have always been fascinated. And Lord knows, you know, I had that that, uh, Sega 12. Hopefully one day I'll get it back. But... I still love my little 40. Uh, it's an FNX 40. I have been very happy with it. I've got friends who are, oh, man, come play with my, my new Glock. And I'm like, is it is it like out the box or is it like, you know, custom? And if, and if it's like out the box, I've never been impressed by a Glock pistol in my life. I will like, say the Glocks I, have gotten better after I've the heard, Gen 4. I've heard. You I used to get a real them. bad Glock bite where it would Ooh. nip you there. Yep. But after the Gen 4, they made a curve on that back uh, handpiece where it can get you. Dovetail. Yeah. yeah. And that's good. That I haven't shot one that was that new. Like I said, I've shot some that were all, you know, tricked out. Like, okay, yeah, this is cool, but you've probably put half the value of the gun back into it again, and you'll never get that, you know, oh, yeah. that back on it. So, eh, whatever. I think the most interesting gun I've ever shot was probably when I was in Iraq and I got assigned to a three-man team for a hog. I was like, okay, this is different. <laughs> and which, and pl- by all means, please tell us more about this hog. Well, I'd be lying to you if I could tell you much more about it, but it was a three-man team because you had to have an extra barrel and uh, whole canisters of ammunition and stuff. But I Belt. think we only shot it like three times the whole time we were there. Belt-fed? So it could be belt-fed. Um, and usually or that just was, a, or just like the, that's the usually box. how yeah. it was. Yeah. And it was usually mounted. Um, but you had a three man team in case it wasn't mounted just to carry all the crap that went with it. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't get to see it in action very often. They were pretty old and in pretty bad shape. The ones that, uh, we had in our armory, but it was, it, like I said, probably one of the most interesting guns I've had a chance to but you shoot. Know if you happen to be at the Pasadena gun show, and, <laughs> you know, Jim Bob just happened to have one and sitting there like, Hey, you want to see something real cool? And you'd be like, all right, bro, everything's got a price. <laughs> Let's I, a deal. I don't think I could afford that price. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a guy, when we got back from Iraq, the first time, buy a Barrett. 
Ooh. Barrett 50 cal. Wouldn't he paid like nice. 10 grand for it. I believe it. And then the rounds are like, well, at the time they were like $3.25 a round. Bet they're a lot more now. Probably, <laughs> probably so. I, I would be willing to bet he probably reloads. We took it out a few times and it was fun. He ended up selling it because yeah. it just, he was like, you know, I go shoot 10 rounds and that's 40 bucks. Yeah. yeah. It was fun though. It was a lot of fun. And you could definitely reach out and touch somebody, but they're making so many advancements now with like the 6.5 Creedmoors and Grendels mm-hmm. that will shoot a thousand yards. No problem. And for much cheaper. Yeah. But I think that wraps us up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah. Uh, from all of us at Barbarically Candid, hope you all have a great week and as always be good to each other. Good night. Good night.